In April of 2000, April 20th of 2020, Dr. Catherine Kruntz, headmaster of the Nashville Covenant School in Tennessee, wrote a blog post to her parents and to the children of the school that she was in charge of. In the blog post, she told her people, her students, that she had been praying to God and asking him what to do in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And the way in which God responded to her, she talks about in her blog post. And I will read that blog post to you. Dr. Catherine Kuntz, who was relatively unknown to the rest of the world in April of 2020, became very well known in March of 2023. But this is what she said in 2020. This morning I spent some time talking to God about this past week. And a particular word came to mind, which is a typical outcome in my conversations with God. The word of the week is whatever. Hold on, she says, not so fast. This is not the whatever you may be thinking about. This is not the whatever that punctuates so many frustrating conversations This is not the whatever of the middle schooler not wanting to continue a conversation. We have come to expect this word to be a response to something we don't like but can't avoid. But what I heard is an entirely different case of whatever. The word whatever occurs over 170 times in the scriptures, usually indicating wholehearted commitment and obedience to do whatever God asks of us. God tells us that whatever we ask in his name, we will be given. In Psalm 1, the one whose delight is in the Lord is depicted as being like a tree planted by a stream, and whatever this person does prospers. But perhaps the clearest depiction of whatever is in the book of Philippians. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, these are the things on which God wants us to dwell. Paul goes on to say that he has learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Daily I need to open my heart to whatever. Whatever God has for our school, whatever the duration of our distance learning, whatever the trials we're having to endure. We still believe, we are still faithful, we still love him wholeheartedly. Whatever difficulties or blessings are evident in our homes, we will seek to do the next right thing. With hands open to whatever, we will make good decisions. We will construct good plans, and we will seek to do whatever pleases God. On March 29th of 2023, Dr. Catherine Kuntz finished up a Zoom meeting that she was, that she was uh, navigating when she heard the first shots taken in her school. And with this thought in mind, with doing whatever God wants for her to do, she didn't do what maybe some of us or many of us maybe would do, would be to hunker down in our office, to run out the door, Dr. Catherine Kuntz, 
heard the gunshots, and ran towards them. And as she ran towards them, she, be, she be found herself in between the shooter and children. And the way in which she died gave evidence that she was trying to disarm the shooter, thus probably saving the lives of several children. Dr. Catherine Kuntz gave her life doing whatever God asked of her. Now, I'm not here to canonize Dr. Catherine Kuntz. It is an example of a heroic witness and a heroic prayer life that she had in order to follow God's will. But I want to go on a little further in something she didn't say. Our Blessed Mother, in John chapter 2, verse 5, at the wedding feast of Cana, in realizing that this, married, this newly married couple has run out of wine, tells the waiters, do whatever he tells you. Jesus' response to that was, Mother, it is none of my business. But in faith, Mary says, do whatever he tells you. If we have the faith of Dr. Catherine Kuntz or the faith of our Blessed Mother to do whatever Jesus tells us, then we listen closely to two times in our liturgy tonight of instructions that Jesus gives us. Instructions for us to do whatever he has told us. The first I notice very clearly in our gospel tonight in our gospel tonight, Jesus at the Last Supper in the Gospel of John, interestingly enough, the Gospel of John is the only of the four Gospels that doesn't give what we call the institution narrative, where he takes bread, blesses it, and passes it. It doesn't exist in the Gospel of John. Instead, we have this high priestly prayer, and we have this washing of feet, which doesn't show up in the other Gospels. But after Jesus, after supper, Jesus gets up, takes off his outer garments, kneels down before his disciples, and begins to do a servant's work, to wash their feet. When he completes his work, he gets up and he says, I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. A command of Jesus direct from the Last Supper a command that our Blessed Mother would say, do whatever he tells you. A command that we ought to listen to. So what is it that Jesus has done that we also should do? Many theologians talk about this great act of Jesus to humble himself to wash their feet. But ultimately, I think what it means for us is to look at those around us, to look at those who are most in need of our mercy, who are most in need of our humility, to bend over and to serve them, to get down on our knees and serve them, to wash their feet. The way that I think about this is a mater d. The job of a mater d is to look over the restaurant and to make sure that the restaurant runs efficiently. That every single customer or every single guest in that restaurant has everything that they need 
and enjoys everything that they eat. It is the maitre d's job to watch and to anticipate the needs of their guests. And even if possible, to get them what they need before they even ask for it. In our lives as Christians, in some ways we have this duty to be like this maitre d' with those who are around us. To anticipate the needs of those who are around us. To anticipate in our own families the needs of our spouse, the needs of our children, the needs of our parents, the needs of our grandparents, the needs of our neighbors, the needs of the stranger, to anticipate whatever it is that is going on in their life. Over the past three days, this isn't to brag or anything like that, Over the past three days, I've heard seven hours of confessions. In those seven hours of confessions, the consistent message coming from here, from these confessions, is that there are people in our parish, there are people in our surrounding communities that are hurting. That are hurting because of a situation that they, a decision they have made, have got them into a situation in which they are hurting because they have lost a loved one, a spouse, a child, a situation in which they find themselves very lonely, a marriage that has lost its love, a marriage that has lost its happiness, children caught up into a deep sin that they don't know who to talk to, don't know where to turn, A tremendous amount of loneliness exists in our entire world. The same loneliness exists in a world in which we have the greatest means of communication through our cell phones, through social media, and yet over and over and over we hear statistics that this is the loneliest and worst mental health generation that has ever existed since they started tracking these things. And so the question is, are we opening our eyes to see our neighbor? Are we opening our eyes to see those who are around us, to do as our Lord has done, to wash the feet of those around us? And it may be as simple as going and visiting someone in a nursing home. It may be as simple as going and visiting our neighbor. It may be as simple as going and visiting someone who has lost a spouse or a loved one. I was asking some friends this morning about how do they see this playing out in their lives. And they spoke of this one person in their community that as soon as their rose bushes in front of their house begin to bloom, they will often cut a bouquet of those roses and take them to someone in their community. It's not the same person. It's just someone that they see. And they just say, I feel like taking them roses. They also love to bake. And so they bake cookies or pies or cakes. And they will show up on someone's front porch. And just say, I was just thinking of you. And they give them the food that they have made. A simple gesture of telling someone that we are thinking of them and that we care for them. 
is humbling ourselves, going out of our way, noticing someone's hurt and anticipating their needs of a simple conversation to help them to overcome their loneliness. The second commandment that we will hear this evening is in the Eucharistic liturgy, and we heard it actually in our second reading today in 1 Corinthians. We will hear the words that are a direct quote from Jesus that say, do this in memory of me, a command directly from the Last Supper from Jesus to remind us to do this. And what is this but to offer the bread, to offer the wine that is his body, that is his blood, that is the Eucharist, that is the very center of our life as Catholics. Without the Eucharist, we cannot be who we are. Without the Eucharist, our Catholicism falls apart. Jesus promises that he will be with us to the end of the age. And the way in which he does that is to be present in the very Eucharist, in his body and blood, so that we may be caught up into him whenever we receive him. And he sends the Holy Spirit as well in order to do that and to remain with us. To do this in memory of me, to receive the Eucharist, gives us the very strength to do the other commandment, to do as I have done for you. Because sometimes, those of us who may be a little bit more introverted, it takes a lot of energy for us to build up the courage to go and talk to someone, even if it is a loved one. It takes a lot of courage for us sometimes to put down our phone, to walk away from it for a while, just to look someone in the eye and to have a conversation with them. It takes the Eucharist and the strength of Jesus Christ to be within us, to endure the different things going on in our life, whether it be some sort of suffering, whether it be some sort of tragedy, whether it be loneliness that we are experiencing in our lives or shame from some decision that we have made, or some rejection that we are experiencing, or some abandonment, powerlessness, whatever it may be. It is in the Eucharist that we find our strength to go on. It is in the Eucharist that we find Jesus who gives all of himself for the world. It is in the Eucharist that we find this very gift of giving of oneself to doing as he does, humbling himself to show us the way, is in the Eucharist that we find the model for us to not only look at our own needs, but to look outwards from us and to look at the needs of those around us. In a simple hello, a simple I love you, a simple gesture of friendship or love humbling ourselves to be like Christ as we are intended to be. As we enter into this holy, this holy triduum, may our prayer be during this holy triduum to hear the words of our Blessed Mother, do whatever he tells you. And may we have the courage to respond in faith to respond with a big yes, let it be done to me according to your will, as Mary says. To do whatever 
he wishes for us in our lives. To be open for the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts to be who he intends for us to be. So that as Christ has washed the feet of his disciples, has humbled himself to serve, may we be the servants of the servant. And may we find true faith and happiness and love in what Christ has done for us.